You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Band-Aids. Hello my radio friends, welcome to the program today. It's good to have your company. If you listen to the TV or radio news or you get your news in written form via the computer or newspaper, you'll be aware of items of news from time to time about some medical breakthrough where a team of researchers discovers a new treatment or drug for certain medical conditions. I'm sure that anyone who has that condition is filled with hope that they eventually will get relief from their condition. And those researchers are due all credit for the work in alleviating, alleviating human pain and suffering. Despite those wonderful cures, it seems to me that the whole medical system is upside down because they work from the top down instead from the bottom up. And you'll understand what I mean a little later. Around election time, politicians or potential politicians become very friendly to the public and often make grandiose promises to improve law and order, education and, as always, the health system. Probably most people don't regard those promises as having a lot of credibility, as they have heard it all before. But I would like to suggest to you that the health system is wrongly named. Rather, it should be called the sickness system. Recently, I met a man who used a walker, that's a rollator, to get around. He was probably in his early 60s. He was overweight and by his own account was a physical wreck. This man had diabetes, heart problems, high blood pressure and cholesterol issues. His liver was barely functioning, his kidneys were not much better and his lungs were not working properly. He probably had emphysema, although he claimed he had never smoked. This man told me, through his litany of health problems, that he did not expect to live much longer, and that's sad. The questions came to my mind were... Why is he like he is, and what factors brought about his miserable condition? You may know someone like the man I just mentioned. Even worse, you may be suffering one or some of the problems he has. There are two questions that we need to deal with today. They are, what causes those debilitating diseases? And is there anything that can be done to remedy the situation? You or the sick person you know 
have probably been to your doctor or their doctor to seek help. Most doctors are usually quite busy, and in the majority of cases, they prescribe medicines or drugs to help with the problem. But you must realise that drugs and medicines do not fix the problem. What they do is to help the body repair itself. But the problem with medicines and drugs is that they are like band-aids on a cut. They do nothing to alleviate the cause. If doctors and health professionals concentrated on prevention rather than cure, people would not need so much medical attention as is the cur- as currently is the case. Now, what are the causes of disease? Well, stress, hereditary, viruses, germs, bacteria, parasites, and lifestyle. But the majority of chronic long-term diseases in Western countries like Australia are caused by lifestyle, that is, how we live. In a previous program, I spoke about the eight major factors for living a healthful life. The acronym NEW START gives a clue as to what these factors are. It's important to have proper N for nutrition, sufficient E for exercise, plenty of W for water to be used internally and externally, sufficient but not too much S for sunshine, and then we need to be T for temperate in our habits, have sufficient fresh A for air, sufficient R for rest, and to have T, that is trust in God. Nutrition, exercise, water, sunshine, temperance, air, rest and trust. Now what does the Bible say about how we should live? In 1 Corinthians 10.31 the Bible says, Whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. If people were prepared to live by the principles outlined in New Start and by what 1 Corinthians 10.31, which I just read to you, says, there would be a huge difference in the health of Australians and of other Western nationalities. So, what are the common lifestyle diseases? Well, they are arteriosclerosis, cancer, liver disease, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, nephritis, arthritis and stroke. And at the top of the list in Australia is coronary heart disease 
including arteriosclerosis. And then we have cancers, stroke and diabetes, plus Alzheimer's and dementia. During the Second World War, it was interesting to see what happened in many countries, for example, Norway. Norway was invaded by the Germans, who took practically all the Norwegian livestock to feed their troops. The local population was restricted to fruit, grains and vegetables, all plant-based foods, to feed themselves. But even more interesting was that during the war the incidence of heart disease, arteriosclerosis, that's the build-up of fatty deposits or plaque in the arteries, diabetes and cancer became significantly lower. When the war was over and people returned to their normal pre-war diet, the incidence of those diseases returned to those same pre-war levels. So what made the difference? Probably there were two contributing factors. First, there were the food shortages. And secondly, the people were forced to eat plant-based foods because of the unavailability of animal-based foods. If we learn anything from what happened in Norway, we should recognise that overeating and animal-based foods are major contributions to bad health. It's well recognised that many Western countries have obesity problems. Now, obesity is being grossly overweight. The World Health Organization has compiled a list of obesity according to countries. Here's a little sample, and it comes from the year 2017. Of the 192 countries listed, the Cook Islands is rated first. Fiji comes in at number 15, United States number 19, New Zealand, number 29, and Australia, number 31. As well as providing the numbers of obese persons by countries, the list gives the percentage of the population who are regarded as obese. So in the Cook Islands, 50.8% are obese, Fiji, 36%, United States, 34%, New Zealand 29% and Australia 28%. That means that in Australia almost one in every three people are obese. However, obese means chronically overweight. According to the statistics, more than 62% of Australians are either overweight or obese. And in the United States, that number is more than 72%. Just under two in every three persons in Australia are obese 
and or overweight. Now I want to read to you something from the Cook Island News. It's dated February the 23rd, 2018. It says, The World Health Organization says that NCDs, that's non-communicable diseases, including heart heart disease, stroke, cancer, diabetes and chronic lung disease are collectively responsible for listen to this, almost 70% of all deaths worldwide. The rise of non-communicable diseases has been driven mostly by smoking, physical inactivity, the harmful use of alcohol and unhealthy diets. Did you notice that last statement? The rise of NCDs has been driven mostly by smoking, physical inactivity, harmful use of alcohol and unhealthy diets. Large numbers of human beings have been killing themselves because of their lifestyle. Unfortunately, We have been convinced to believe in the quick fix idea. That means if someone gets a disease, they go to the doctor. The doctor then prescribes a drug or a medicine and wahoo! Suddenly everything's okay again. Right? Wrong. Medicines and drugs may help control or mask a problem, but they do not fix it. There needs to be a lifestyle change. And if we consider that text in 1 Corinthians 10.31, the Bible counsels us to take care of ourselves when eating, drinking, or in whatever we do, that is, in every aspect of our lives. The reason given there is to give glory to God, and that's a pretty good reason. But there is another very good reason, and it's for our own well-being. So let's consider whatever you do. It's impossible to cover everything, But firstly, I'd like us to consider two things. The use of illegal drugs and smoking. But we're going to have a little break and we'll go on straight afterwards. I love to tell the story of unseen things above Of Jesus and His glory Of Jesus and His love I love to tell the story Because I know tis true It satisfies my longing 
there's nothing else can do I love to tell the story Twill be my theme and glory To tell the old, old story Of Jesus and His love I love to tell the story For those who know it best Same hungering and thirsting To hear it like the rest And when it sings of glory I sing the new, new song Twill be the old, old story That I have loved so long I love to tell the story Twill be my theme and glory To tell the old, old story Of Jesus and His love To tell the old, old story Of Jesus and His love I once saw a documentary about the use of the drug ice. Pictures were shown of people from when from before when they started taking ice and then pictures were shown of what they looked like at six months intervals afterwards. It was shocking. In less than a year, young people looked haggard and old. Their teeth had decayed and or fallen out. They were thin. They lacked energy and lacked motivation. Psychologically, they were wrecks. They were unable to contribute to society and were dependent on others for survival. And many of them had turned to crime to sustain their addictions, as is the case with many other drugs. Certainly, the taking of illegal drugs does not give God any glory, and those drugs are not useful in maintaining a person's well-being. The effect of the use of illegal drugs can be horrible. The effects of smoking are less noticeable, but are nonetheless just as dangerous in the long term. Don't kid yourself that smoking won't harm you. It will. And there's plenty of medical evidence to show that smoking is a major cause of various cancers, heart disease, heart attacks, emphysema, premature wrinkling of the skin, higher risk of getting infections, premature menopause, osteoporosis, raised blood pressure, strokes, stomach ulcers, and the list goes on and on. 
Smoking not only reduces your lifespan, but it also reduces your ability to enjoy life. And I sometimes ask myself, who in their right mind would want to smoke? What are the advantages of smoking? But, but I like it, someone might say. Well, that's the short-sighted view. They won't like it when they lie dying of cancer in hospital. They won't like it when they can't breathe pop properly because of emphysema and are unable to enjoy normal activities. They won't like it when they have to go undergo operations to remove cancerous growths. They won't like it when their baby is born handicapped because of its mother's selfish I like it habits. They won't like it when they realise their family will suffer when they contract a major health problem or even worse, die. Smoking is a bit like something I saw on YouTube where some people trying to make some money in a third world country put their heads in alligators' open mouths in front of tourists. And it wasn't a pretty sight when one of the alligators shut its mouth and crushed one man's head. The risk of being killed by putting your head in an alligator's open mouth is quite high. You might get away with it a few times, but eventually your luck will run out. The risk of dying prematurely from smoking is probably about the same as tempting an alligator. The Bible's counsel on health is sensible and worthwhile, and you would do well to pay attention to it. 1 Corinthians 10.31 also speaks about honouring God in what you drink. I'd like us to consider three things that people enjoy drinking. Alcohol, coffee and other caffeinated drinks, plus sugary drinks such as soft drinks, fruit drinks, or fruit juice drinks, and cordials. One of the reasons people like alcoholic drinks and stimulant drinks is because of their psychological effects. Alcoholic drinks are depressants. While one or two drinks may make someone feel lively and less reserved, when drinkers go past this stage, they normally become morbid, uncontrolled and sleepy. The problem with alcoholic drinks is that they affect the decision-making parts of the brain, the frontal lobe. Judgment becomes impaired by alcohol, and because of that those who have imbibed in al alcoholic drinks don't function properly. They often think that they're okay, or maybe even more capable than normal, but that is not the case. Consequently, they are more likely to have accidents, are more prone to take risks, and more prone to get themselves into trouble. How many innocent lives have been ruined 
because of alcohol. God is not glorified when people, especially those that claim to belong to him, behave like morons while under the influence of alcohol. God wants people to reflect him by being healthy, holy, happy, and in their right minds. Although the alcohol industry has attempted to condition us through presenting its products as to appear to make the consumer more sophisticated and gregarious, it's a thinly veiled lie. God's kingdom will not be made up of drunkards, alcoholics and wine-bibbers. It'll be made up of those who understand the cost of salvation and accept it with clear minds and grateful hearts. To avoid being addicted to alcohol, the best plan is for it to never pass your lips. Now what about coffee? Despite some studies that say regular coffee drinking may present the onset of Alzheimer's, coffee is a stimulant, a pick-me-up. But it is a drug. When your body is tired, instead of taking coffee, take a rest. Think of yourself as a horse running a long distance. When it's tired and slows down, what the horse needs is a rest, not a flogging. Now about sugary drinks. Sugar is present in large quantities in fruit juice drinks, cordials and soft drinks. The maximum amount of refined sugar recommended for adults is up to four teaspoons per day. The average Australian has about 28 teaspoons per day and sugar is mostly found in drinks and processed food. Sugar has been described as the modern poison because too much of it is responsible for many serious health problems including diabetes, overweight and obesity, heart disease and arteriosclerosis. Instead of going to, to the doctor and getting something that appears to be a quick fix, a band-aid, it's better not to get sick in the first place. That lifestyle disease may have taken years to develop and it will not go away in just a few days or weeks. Prevention is better than cure. Prevention is the best way of not getting sick. If you look after your body, you are much less likely getting sick and having to be looked after when you can't look after yourself. But regretfully, we must stop. In the next program, I want to discuss diet and health. But in then, until then, if you need to make some lifestyle changes, don't put them off. Do something now. And I wish you every success as you endeavour to make those changes.
closer walk with thee Granted Jesus is my plea Daily walking close to thee Close to thee. 